This is Coda Radio, episode 216 for August 1st, 2016. And welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week is the warrior who defeats Skype gremlins to be here for podcasting purposes. It's Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Michael! Friday night. Oh, uh, mm. I'm I'm impressed by you right now. We had gremlins. Maybe this, this is what happens when you become a Linux user. You have these weird uh, Skype problems. <laughs> Hello, okay. Mr. Dominic. Hello, sir. It's good to see you. Yeah, that, that is, uh, it's been, hang on, hang on. Uh, yeah, there you yeah, go. It's been, it's been bad. This brought to you by Coors Light. You know, yes, I actually fucking like Coors Light <laughs> while you dicks on Twitter. <laughs> Right off the top, starting fights. You know, you, you got to give Mike. You got to give Mike room to breathe this week. He had a rough experience. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like. You know, I've, I don't often find one-word tweets to be very compelling, but you had a one-word tweet on uh, the twenty-eighth uh, of July, two thousand sixteen. Shit, yeah, just shit. <laughs> so I see computers covered up here. Uh, I think your new Rattel is somewhere in the mix there. I believe it's uh, behind the iPad. What yeah. happened? Are you? Is everything so- okay? Yeah, so my office space is the oldest, crappiest building in town because I'm cheap, and uh, the water pipes burst. Of course, of course, man. Did anything get ruined? Kind of. Uh, well, the Raytel got some water, but it turned out to be fine. Oh, good. John, <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. In fact, the ceiling tiles are still missing above my desk. So it. Ooh. Yeah. So the ambiance is uh, is a little is, ch- is changed. Well, uh, Mr. Dominic, I uh, I'm glad to hear the machine didn't get ruined. Did anything get ruined? Did the like, keyboard, mouse, everything turned out okay? Uh, every, I think one USB cable got waxed. <laughs> one thing vice that does. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's that. That's a go figure moment when you get a brand new computer and. Uh, and then, of course, something like that happens. You know, the guys over at LaunchKit, though, uh, they felt bad for you, and they wanted to help uh, put a little boost in your step. They're heading over to Google, I guess, and in their process of moving over to Google, the LaunchKit team is open-sourcing their tool that helps developers launch apps. The team behind LaunchKit has a new set of tools released as they go over to Google. It doesn't look like their products are going to be moving to Google, so the team decided to open-source it and make them available on GitHub. LaunchKit's hosted services will be available for the next 12 months, and then after that, discontinued. Currently, LaunchKit offers four tools uh, for developers, and you'll be able to use it's things like a screenshot builder to easily create and annotate screenshots for Apple and Google's stores. The app website builder creates responsive landing pages for new apps. Review monitor reviews or monitors reviews. I mean, that's kind of obvious um, for the different stores. LaunchKit itself launched in uh, LaunchKit launched in early 2015, and uh, they previously built Cluster, or I'm sorry, Cluster, and a, a bunch of other apps for iOS and Android. They've generated over a million screenshots, they say, and now they've bought, bought up uh, the team, the, the personnel have been bought up by Google, 
but the actual product itself is not going to Google, just the staff, just the people. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And it's a it's a dev tool that was pretty well respected too, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I never I don't think it has a lot of traction in our audience because I don't ever really hear anybody emailing us about it. But I've never used it. Yeah. Yeah. Launch kit. You know, it's dumb so, launch kit. Yeah. So th- things we've all heard though. I, I I'm pivoting your conversation here. Do it. Something much more important. The last week coder radio challenge. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we gotta bust out the coder challenge. You wanna do it right now? Let's do it now. Alright, here we go, everybody. It's the coder radio challenge on episode two sixteen. All right. How'd it go? Well, I have to say that I did get some emails saying that this was a bit challenging for some folks in the audience. <laughs> okay. Now, for those of you that don't remember, I believe this was like a Katy Perry uh, <laughs> YouTube. A Katy Perry player. Yeah. Yes, I'm player. Link, uh, if I can manage to learn how to link my own tweets. Sure. I don't know if I know how to do. <laughs> the winner <laughs> won not just on winning. Okay. He won on style. Oh, Okay, all right, now I'm fascinated. So the challenge, for those who maybe missed last week, was to uh, create me a Katy Perry player that was tablet-friendly and optionally would work with my YouTube Red account. This is, this, is, this is amazing. The winner not only did that, he gave me a React JS solution, <laughs> presumably to troll me, <laughs> and... A very thin back end in Python. That runs. <laughs> so right now on localhost 3000, I have the ultimate Katy Perry player running. Nice. It is unbelievable. And let me tell you, this week, I mean, last week was good. I would say this week we got slightly fewer submissions, but very, very strong submissions this week. I mean, we had a, um, you know, if I had to pick a runner up, there was a Haskell one that was that was just, just <laughs> close, just shy. But, you know, this one won uh, on just so many layers. One, trolling me with React. Two, it worked. And it worked with my account. And it has full screen capability, repeat capability. It, it is a full-fledged web video player. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and I see it even has like a YouTube Red like indicator that YouTube Red mode is on or something. Yeah, there. so that's a button. You click it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> It, it's it's tremendously good. I'm gonna put it. Uh, I'll put it. I'll embed the tweet right there in the show notes if you guys are listening. I have already forked the guy's Git repo <laughs> just in case he decides to get rid of it. Wow! And I'm going to wrap this baby up in an Ionic shell and run it on my iPad Pro. Amazing! Uh, Do droplet. Now, are you ready? Despite all all challenges like water spillage and Skype gremlins, are you ready for another challenge this week? I am. Now, this challenge is going to be different. I think every third challenge, we're going to do something weird. Oh, okay. That, I mean, the I mean, last one wasn't weird. That was normal. <laughs> I, I have a vinyl record player behind me in my office, and I have two Katy Perry albums on vinyl. Is that – they actually – that's a thing people do? Katy Perry? Not only is it a thing, the album is Candy Cane, White and Red. <laughs> I don't understand. My world. My world. Yes. I also have a Taylor Swift album. No. So <laughs> – we don't want to talk about my uh, my strange record collection. Have you been hanging it, out in California? You know, I used to be a Republican. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a co- topic of conversation this morning, and I've just totally gone full-on hill dog. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it has nothing to do with the Saudi Arabian cash I have under my bed. No, no. But anyway, uh, moving along. Yes. Um, so this challenge, you know— some folks did complain in an email that the Katy Perry challenge was a little hard for them. Okay. 
Um, and I think some of the, you know, they, they gave reasons and a lot of it seemed like, you know, we have a lot of students that listen in and maybe they're not familiar with like API interactions, right? A lot of people get nervous when you start talking about API interactions okay. uh, or integrations rather. So I'm going to freestyle this a little bit. You can make any, any web application that is funny and incorporates jar chirpings. Oh, but you have to use technology that is either currently mainstream or came out within the last five years, and it must be standards compliant. Does that mean no PHP? Is that what you're saying? You can use PHP as long as it's not <laughs> as long as it's a current version. I was just I was uh, making a PHP joke. Now there's a catch here. Because I'm giving such a wide berth on this one, I don't necessarily have time to like do all kinds of weird configuration stuff and make things work. Mm. So you have to give me either a Docker compose image or a one-run script to actually bootstrap and run your solution. So if that you way, do, yeah, because you can have more submissions since it's more general. Right. So, and, and, and frankly, theoretically, this is a lot easier, too, for more of our student audience, right? Because, you know, you could win on being funnier, but maybe less complicated than the, than the next guy. Um, here's the catch. You have to use Jar Jar as a main component. <laughs> So you can't just like, you know, throw me a Taylor Swift video and like dubstep Jar Jar in there. I need something that speaks to the essence of Jar Jar. Now, I don't need to see Jar Jar. You know, you can be abstract. It could be a Jar Jar bot, which is something I'm working on. It could be anything you like. But when I look at this, it must be Jar Jar. Hmm. I kind of have an idea myself. Well, I, I think it's good because, you know, I got a couple things. Uh, you know, there was one student who emailed us and said, you know, I'm studying Java and I'm, a, I'm only studying back end. And this challenge I tried to do, but I couldn't do it because I've never done front end. So if you want to give me a student whose name I don't remember, a command line Jar Jar Java app, you can do it. But he better be Jar Jar and he better be funny. I like it. Yeah. yeah. You know, for me, I, I think big and I think, you know, you don't need to think this big. But I was thinking, like, what if... I could somehow tie like a Jar Jar front end interface to a Mycroft back end. You could totally do. Oh, and, and for uh, Sispin who's asking in the chat, no, we, we give away uh, prizes, right? Yeah. So, the, the, oh, we didn't even say the fellow who won this. Uh, Simon Brew on GitHub. Uh, we, I linked the GitHub profile and the GitHub solution in the doc. A quarter radio mug is on its way to you. Yay! Very nice. Yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll pull that up here on the uh, video stream too so people can see the github page right there there it is <laughs> nice <laughs> so that's okay so recap for me one more time the next challenge is something that features jar jar and must be runnable in a web browser okay oh okay all right oh, and remember th- the key you have to give me a bootstrap script or, or a docker compose thing something where i can run one command on terminal and run it no uh i just because I think we're going to get too many and it's becoming time-consuming. No configuration on mind. has to be self-contained. Okay, okay. You know what would be nice, too? Here's something I would like somebody to write is a, a Jar Jar parser for the chat room that outputs the chat room into a web page and everything's been Jar Jar'd. So it just translates everything to Jar Jar speak and then outputs that to a web page and maybe have a dynamically update. Huh? So that you way I can't could... connect via Skype. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, exactly. So that way, that way, I could I could put that up on the stream instead. I think that'd be fun. All right, the challenge. Is the connection gonna die? <laughs> would that that would make troubleshooting over IRC like we were doing this morning much better, much more fun. So there you go. The new challenge has been laid down. Yeah, that's right. Broke it a little bit. This isn't what I wanted at all. All right. So before we jump into the rest of the show, and congratulations to Simon Brew. Uh, really cool. I like that. I'm going to check that out. Uh, we have the link to his GitHub page in the show notes. I want to take a moment, and I want to talk about Linux Academy. Now, if you hear us talking about things that sound like maybe they're outside your grasp, or if you want to upgrade your knowledge set, you want to become more noticeable to your employee, you want to, or employer, you want to be able to grab your client's attention, or you just want to be able to go grab a different job, linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go there to support this show and sign up for Linux Academy. It's a platform to learn about Linux and all the technologies around Linux, the core infrastructure, the, the little itty-bitties, and also the big picture stuff, including things like working on, Am- uh, on Amazon Web Services, Integrating with Azure, for all goodness sake, or, of course, taking advantage of OpenStack, Ruby, Python development, Android development. They have courseware on all of that good stuff. They have really nice in-depth resources that you can download and take with you. Like, they're yours to keep, like the study guides and the materials. They have instructor mentoring when you need it. They have a great community full of members. They put you, full of JB members, they put you right in the middle of common day exercises so you really get your hands on actual technology. It's the perfect combination with learning paths and practice exams and nuggets that go deep dive into single topics, cert training, lab servers that spin up on demand when you need them, and study tools like nobody else, audio, notebooks you can use. And I, just, I think some of their training around some of these core technologies is simply the best because they truly care and love this stuff. They're Linux enthusiasts and users. And they got together with educators and developers, and they created the Linux Academy platform. It's a great value, and you can get started at linuxacademy.com slash coders. linuxacademy.com slash coders. And a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Also, if you haven't been there in a few weeks, go check out that new fancy website. Just start by going to linuxacademy.com slash coders to support the show. All right, so I don't know if you saw this one, um, Mr. Dominic. I just thought this was kind of interesting. I won't get in my soapbox too long about this, but uh, Microsoft SwiftKey has suspended sync functionality after keyboard leaks a stranger's contact details. (laughs) Yeah, the move followed reports a week ago that the app was offering up email addresses to people they've never met. According to The Telegraph, yeah, yeah, one user claimed to have been contacted by a stranger and told that their brand new phone has suggested two of the user's email addresses as well as the contact's phone numbers. That's terrible. I mean, I'm using, uh, obviously, the Google keyboard on my Nexus 5X, so God knows what Google's tracking. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's pretty bad. You have to assume that's a bug, right? They said SwiftKey said on Friday that it was a glitch, a glitch in its sync service which normally backs up what the app learns about a user to SwiftKey and then syncs that data to users' other devices. Microsoft bought them earlier this year uh, for an estimated sum of $250 million. Oh, that's right. I'm, so I was thinking of the keyboard Microsoft just built. The SwiftKey is the older one, isn't right. it? Right, yeah. And yeah, so, uh, this is yeah. – this. now here's my mini soapbox, just like I'm putting one leg up there. I really don't feel like companies and developers and uh, big, even big organizations are really thinking this stuff through stuff. Stuff that sits at this level where every single thing I enter into my phone is captured by this piece of software, that kind of – the amount of forethought 
and uh, intricate detail and safety precautions that need to be taken with, with something that sits at that level, it's basically as important as the software that activates the microphone and allows my voice to be sent transmitted into the device. Like they might as well be, they might as, they might, they might as well be careless with how, with how that's operated too. The, the amount of responsibility that seems to be in the, all right, I'm off. I'm done now. But you see my point. Like we're, we're just, we're just jumping into this stuff. Uh, okay, hippie. Just, just. All right. You get to be upset. I'm care about, I really care about this privacy so, stuff. So and a just, couple of things. Right? Let me defend the other developers from you crazy freedom hippies. Gotcha. I'm from uh, your Linux box. Shh, precious. Shh. Yeah, but I'm using Linux in the most corrupting proprietary okay, way Fair enough, possible. fair enough. Fair yeah, enough, I mean, fair enough. Sync is a really stupidly hard problem still. You know, the idea, and every time I get this from a customer, oh, I want my data to sync across all my devices simultaneously. That's actually, in that simultaneously part in particular, is incredibly hard. Now, it's not iCloud hard. Apple has just made it super challenging for themselves for some reason. But it really is hard, right? Because if you think about it, if you have multiple, like Dropbox, think about a simple, um, a relatively simple sync pattern where you have multiple devices that may have edited the same document before one edit could have resolved. Now you have a problem, right? You have you have two, you have a lot of state, which all of my functional homies who like to email us will tell you state is evil. Um, you have multiple versions of state for the same object that don't agree. What do you do? In Microsoft's case, you leak everybody's contact. <laughs> oh, wait, no, wait, that doesn't make sense. Hey, yeah, it's interesting that it's syncing down to other people's information to other people's phones. Well, that's obviously like some sort of like misconnecting the account. A bad right? ID or something, yeah. Right, something got screwed up in the database, or or maybe in the way they, de- who or, knows? Or right? somebody bought a used phone, perhaps, and then they, you know, they're going off the MI. Oh, iMessage, the iMessage problem. If you forget to yeah. deactivate iMessage and sell your iPhone, you are fucked. Yep, yep. So this is not a safe for work edition of Cody Radio because Chris made me wait for a half hour. Not Chris, not Chris, not Chris. Chris, Skype Gremlins, Skype Gremlins. He was ordering a new Mac. I was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't do that during the show, right? <laughs> oh, all right. All right, so let's move on. I have something I want to talk about because okay. you wrote this nice talk, and I'd like to ignore it. Sure. Um, iPad only is the new Linux desktop. You want to talk about that? I would love to talk about that. Yeah, I think that's particularly interesting. It was uh, Watts Martin, a web developer turned technical writer, and he posted this over Medium.com. The iPad only is the new Linux Desktop. Now, as somebody who has an iPad Pro and a Linux desktop, <laughs> you, uh, you're somewhere on the spectrum in here, and I'm not quite sure where. You know, what, real quick, before we just jump right in, I will right. mention DigitalOcean. Go over to DigitalOcean.com and use our promo code CODERDIGITAL to get a $10 credit. If you have a project you're working on or something you want to put in production, try out DigitalOcean. Simple cloud hosting provider. They'll get you started in less than 55 seconds, and you can have a droplet for $5 a month with 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. But they do hourly pricing. You can get super nice rigs for like $0.03 cents an hour and use our promo code CODERDIGITAL and try out something great with it. Coder Digital is like free money with free amazing infrastructure. They got they got data centers all over the world, SSDs throughout the entire thing, a super nice interface, and they're getting really fancy now with their block storage and high availability volumes. You got to go check it out and just use our promo code Coder Digital. If you've never, ever even logged into a server, all the way up to an advanced expert who's deployed hundreds of them, trust me when I say DigitalOcean spans that entire reach. It doesn't seem possible, and that's part of the magic of DigitalOcean. That great interface, that super slick API, and fantastic documentations. And then, 
that weren't enough, they have entire application stacks that you can deploy with a single click, and you're good to go. Everything's locked down, secure, updated from the correct sources. The right GPG keys are imported. It is beautiful. Nobody does it like DigitalOcean. Try them out and support the show. Just go over to DigitalOcean.com and use our promo code, CoderDigital. It's all one word. You apply it to your account balance. You get a $10 credit. DigitalOcean.com. Just use the promo code Coder Digital. Okay, so this is really something. Um, and you know, it's always interesting how we gotta we gotta uh, you know circle the wagons around this kind of stuff. But I got a few highlights from this article. I'll just rattle off real quick. So this guy bought an iPad Pro, and uh, he wanted to go all in on it. He started using it. He started to make revisions on his code. He started working on different stuff. But then it began to fall down, and it really began to fall down with him in a way that he thinks is fundamental to iOS. And he says, it's whenever I need to do something that involves one, more than one program at once. That's where iOS fails. Anytime right. I have to do something that involves more than one program at once. On the iPad, everything happens in the context of an app. I must open the app. I must open the attachment in my email program and then use open in to send it to pages, make changes, and then what? I send it back to Spark, my email program from pages, but only as a new message because, you know, you can't resend it to an existing uh, session that messages in process. The iOS conceptual model is that everything lives in an app. If I want to play a game or read a web page or even read a book, that's fine. You can argue that I should just stay within the bounds of the ecosystem that I'm supposed to be in, but fuck that. This is plain text. He goes on to say that, you hear me out here, but iOS as your primary OS is just like using desktop Linux. You see... In what fucking universe? Linux users don't care much uh, how easier we uh, Linux users don't care how much easier we say it is in our non Linux worlds. Sure, they say it's because of open access and free as in Scotch ale and yada yada yada. But really, they just like a challenge. Figuring out how to do what they used to do on the Mac or Windows is part of the allure. You know, he almost had me on a couple of things. Like, you got you to alter your workflow to work under Linux, just like you'd have to alter your workflow if you move from Mac to Windows or Windows to Mac. He almost had me. But then he goes off the rails with this part. Because, for me, it is, it is diametrically just, I mean, it is, it is almost immeasurably easier. It is, it is actually, no, that's not true. It is not true. It is measurable within days how much faster it is for me to set up a Linux box than a Windows box. Like, it feels like 1991 when I have to go out and download a driver for some important piece of my computer that... Well, <laughs> run Skylake and then tell me how much better... Well, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I don't consider it to be... I don't consider that to be right, necessarily so, harder. So, you know, I have a particular hate on for this article. <laughs> you I got am a guy who hate into it. <laughs> rock hard. I am a guy who uses... This is not a good episode for children. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I use a Linux workstation to develop software for tablets. Hmm. I could not hate this guy more. I mean, <laughs> all right. So there's a couple things going on here, right? All right. Why we've covered why I, I switched to the system 76. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like the last feel, three episodes or so. Yeah. So I'm not going to bother with that part of it. The whole tablet thing. If you have employees, mm-hmm. like especially salespeople who aren't that technical, Giving them a Windows box is like giving a child a knife. It's just a they're going to cut themselves. And in a lot of cases it's overkill. It's right. like it's like giving someone who's never driven a large truck. You know I I, I don't understand 
why a salesperson would need anything but a but a good tablet with a decent keyboard. Really? You mean like a Chromebook? Or do you mean like an actual tablet? Well, I, I think that uh, solutions are going to come out, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that are going to make the, the tablet operating systems much more attractive to this than the Chromebook. But even then, right? Think about this, Chris. You, JB blows up. You're hiring a salesperson. You need the salesperson to drive around Washington State, mm-hmm. hopefully not get too high. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> they hit Colorado, it's over. But you know, you don't want them to get viruses on the road, right? Right. You don't want your information leaked. You really don't want them installing shit on the machine at all. That's yeah, not and I think, I think for end users that are literally very just – Super basic computer users. For them, the uh, the advantage of having the 4G LTE modem built into a tablet is um, really can't be absolutely can't can understate it because for them it's it's all integrated. It, they don't have to do anything. They just seamlessly move between Wi-Fi and they can be out in the field. Um, I worked for a client. I've told the story ages ago on the show. <clears throat> I worked for a client. That was going through a massive transition, and I, if I had not witnessed this with my own eyes, I would not believe this to be true. But I happened to be working for one of the companies in Washington State that almost all of any construction bid or contract or plan that is going to be done for the state by any contractor goes through this company. So they receive hundreds of them all the time because Washington State is a large state, and they, they, they were responsible for the entire state of Washington for for. Intaking all of these designs, digitizing them, and then making them available for display online so that so that uh, contractors could come bid on the projects for the state. And they also supported private companies too, but they was it was they were just massive because of this. And they were they were in a total panic because they had to re-engineer their ActiveX IE dependent web application to be compatible on mobile Safari. Because what had happened in 10 years, since they had built it, literally 10 years, is all of these real estate agents who had Windows XP machines and some clunky remote connectivity setup, I mean, I'm talking these archaic laptops, they they just, for them, the computer it doesn't really do anything other than cost them money because they just need to, they just need to communicate with people, possible con- clients, contractors, etc., they didn't when they're out at the job sites. They didn't. They don't need high end laptops, so they didn't buy Windows Seven computers when they came out. They didn't buy Windows Eight, and I wouldn't be talking in such generalizations if I didn't see it by the hundreds. What they what they did by the hundreds is they just jumped from really crappy old XP laptops to tablets. They just did a complete leapfrog to tablets because for them the battery life, the remote cellular connectivity, and the ability to receive and send email. And open PDFs was a huge, huge portion of their workflow, about 98% of their workflow. And so they all started buying these tablets because they have all-day battery life, they have constant connectivity, and so then this company that hosts all these drawings was under massive pressure to switch their infrastructure out from an ActiveX plugin to, which is all backed by Linux servers, that's why I was there, to a totally, totally mobile Safari-friendly design. And this entire group of people basically does now there's obviously some that have laptops it's not a hundred percent thing but it was huge in the number of people that did it because for them always on connectivity and good battery life trumped all other aspects of the computer 
So there's obviously people that get and they're and they're doing yeah. million dollar contracts, man. They're doing. I mean, I mean, million dollars would be low price. Yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, you know, I've been on my. I've, I think I've kind of alluded to this for a couple months now that you know, Buccaneer, we're developing a product, um, a productivity product around the tablet area, right? We're four tablets rather. Uh, hopefully, we'll be launching it in September. Hope, 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 hope. But I really don't understand why any company would issue, you know, salespeople, customer service people, laptops at this point. And uh, I'm going to help them not do that because anything that hurts HP sales is good with me. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think for me, I could never ever do it, and probably for most well, people in our audience. Been cheaper, really, if you consider total cost of ownership. That's true. IT maintenance and uh, you know the fact that Android tablets are half the price of iOS tablets. I think just like Linux on the desktop, there's a category of people where the that workflow makes a lot of sense. Just like all other products, it is funny though how how we have to have Safari is the new IE, iPads are the new Linux desktop. Like we have to do this all the time, even when things don't. See, I don't think it's correct though, and I think this is actually a fallacy that's happening a lot in our industry. Yeah. People are drawing – how could I say this? They're matching up patterns where they don't exist. They're matching patterns where they don't exist. Yeah. And they are actually misapplying the, the Steve Jobs cars and truck analogy. Yeah, that happens a lot too. Jobs is actually right, but you know, I think the correct and my interpretation of it is you don't have a car and a truck. You just have a car or a truck where people who own trucks may also own cars, but the inverse is rarely true. Yeah, or like in my family, one of us has a car and one of us has a truck. Right, but the reality is you may own a truck at home. You know, the family may have one truck, yeah. a family personal computer. Yep. But, you know, when mom and dad go to work, and you know, mm-hmm. let's think about the majority of people in business who are just white-collar information workers, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, salespeople, customer service people. And I use those terms very, very liberally, right? Well, there's really no reason for them to have a, mm-hmm. uh, a truck mm-hmm. in this. In fact, let's think about accountants, a area that I'm intimately familiar with, unfortunately. If QuickBooks ran on the freaking iPad correctly and Pro Series, um, and they do have a version on the iPad, but it's not as full-featured as the accountant version on Windows, <laughs> CPAs would not need computers. They would need iPad Pros with good keyboards. And that would be the extent of their of their hardware purchase. And those iPads, I mean, I think this is what Apple is unfortunately finding. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Android market has really, you know, they got to up their game. I mean, the, I, in fact, I was in a T-Mobile store because my wife dropped her iPhone in the toilet like a champion. <laughs> so I got her off her horrible Verizon contract and went to T-Mobile. And... There's no, nothing going on in the Android tablet space, but those iPads are, are like shining like a beacon of hope. Yeah, yeah. They're giving away iPads at AT&T they're right now. Away. Or you not iPads. They're, not, iPad. they're giving away an iPad mini, like second gen. It's like an older yeah. one, but they're giving them away. It was the three they gave us. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I know AT&T is doing like something else too. We yeah, to AT&T is also giving away an LG Android tablet that's pretty. Yeah, T-Mobile was giving, I think, uh, if you wanted to buy a Droid, but she wanted an iPhone. You could have gotten, I think, a Samsung Galaxy Tab 2015 huh. or whatever. Like last Isn't years. that something? But of course, the, it the also comes with a data <laughs> contract of some a, kind yeah, or agreement. Yeah, well, the, well, the T-Mobile contract's like 10 bucks a month on the tablets. It's super mm-hmm. cheap. The iPad shelf life, and this has been kind of Apple's problem with the iPad, is much longer than they thought it would be. I mean, these things are going four or five year shelf lives. 
um, you know, in terms of like things like Office, PowerPoint, Excel, I don't know if you've ever used those on an iPad Pro or even a 10-inch iPad. Or No, I haven't. They're awesome. I mean, I give presentations on tablets all the time. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I have the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, and that's my – I yep. carry that one. <clears throat> that would have been a great – when I was doing client sales, I would have used the hell out of that. Yeah, because well, you know what? I'm, I am okay handing someone who wants to look at something close to my tablet. I would never hand them my laptop. Right, totally. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is more of a sharing there. Uh, Circus Freak in the chat room says, my brother-in-law is a sales rep, and he was given a Surface book. Works perfect for him because he uses it for basic tablet while he's on the road, and then for times he needs to do anything more desktop-type work, like MS Office, etc., he docks the keyboard. I, uh, I know an airline. I, I've... I, I, I know pretty well a pilot that works at an airline, and every pilot in this airline has Surface Books, and every morning before they oh, yeah. before they leave for the airline, they have to download and sync the database to the Surface Book, and then they get on yep. the plane, and they, they, they don't hook up the Surface Book to the – I guess because of uh, some sort of Wait, air regulation. They have, the, they have the Pro, not the Book, or are we talking about two different airlines? I don't know. I don't know which one it is, actually. Uh, yeah, you know what? You might be right. Yeah, not the book. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, because this has been going on for years. Um, yeah. And then they, I guess they don't they don't connect it to the plane at all. It runs off battery the entire time for some sort of yeah, you know, it, air safety. It attaches the database of the yep. flight paths. And the, yeah, I know the one you're talking. And about. they don't even plug in the power. Nope, because it lasts all day. Yeah, and that's and they're pilots well, that are flying planes. I mean, it's, there's it's, obvious I mean, real work getting done here. There's real work getting done. I mean, if you remember about a year back, I was betting on on Windows 8 and the Surface because this is the use case, right? You know, you're doing mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. job. <laughs> it turns out that, you know, yeah. WinRT and the XAML stack was not the development stack that's going to own that. Mm. It seems like it's actually going to be uh, HTML5 and, I mean, I hate that term, but you know what I mean, the web stack, right? Yeah, the, and really, stuff. really just sort of um, generic uh, endpoints that could be an iPad, they could be an LG tablet, they could be a well, Surface it's a, Book. It's a services-based ar- based yep. architecture. It could be a desktop. That. Right. It's client-side agnostic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the problem is, and I think for you know running a development business and productizing this kind of thing, yeah. is you, you're put in a hard position now in the modern world, in the modern tablet world, that there's not just one operating system or even one version of that operating system or, if, or one screen size or even one interaction mode, right? Because some of these have styluses. Just like the web, though. I mean, that's really just like the web. Yeah, but on the web, you're not getting the uh, like the Apple Pencil or the Surface Yeah, Pen. yeah, that's the true. Interaction, yep. I, you know, we've, yep. we've been doing some, uh, or I've been doing some testing on that. And the interaction model just between a Surface 4 and the iPad Pro, spoiler alert, the Surface and Microsoft Pen technologies significantly better. Hmm. Um, don't tell Uncle Tim. He's already crossed with me. I don't think you it, understand. Johnny, I have made the best pencil ever. I don't it's, maybe it's miss shit, that. But actually, it's not true. Any Android tablet <laughs> it's you buy bucks. with stylus is terrible. No, it's, yeah. the, the iPad Pro, the stylus technology is far better. I mean, the Android stylus stuff is just disgraceful. It, it's they should just license what Microsoft did and be done with it. But we don't need to get into. I mean, maybe they don't need to license it, man. They can just rip it off in a couple of years and then. Uh, then just go to well, I do have a Samsung monitor on my desk, which is totally a coincidence, and I'm not uh, libeling <laughs> Samsung at all here. Because libel's written, slander's spoken. There you go. Good to know. <laughs> Should write that down. <laughs> what? Uh, well, uh, so this sounds like a this sounds like an important uh, line of thinking that you've been doing over there at Buccaneer. Well, so we have a product that's going to come out, um, hopefully for the love of God, in early September, or else I'm going to run out of money and go bankrupt. Well, that's that's risky. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is a little risky. Give it all she's got. Have you ever seen uh, Star Trek? A few times. Yeah, I, I am not sacri- – I, I will be sacrificing the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the new Star Trek? No, I haven't seen any. I've only yeah. seen the first new one with uh, – Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, probably, you might like this new one. You might like it. I heard it was bad. No, no I kind of liked it, and I'm, I'm pretty picky. You're pretty picky? Yeah. I, I just like the Borg as a concept. Me too. Yeah, that is a good villain. That is a super good no, villain. No, villain. They're the good guys. Maybe you're right. Maybe it just depends on your perspective. It's all, it's all true from a certain point of view. They are seeking out just perfection. That's all they really are doing. Perfection. Seeking out perfection. Just like Apple. Oh. So uh, you and I should probably plan to connect a few minutes early next week to see if we can work out our Skype gremlins before the show. Although Hangouts has worked pretty good for us. Yeah, hang. I mean, I, I, it sounds crappier on my end, but I'm not sure if that's just me. Yeah, the, it, it actually – I got it tweaked out. It sounds – I think it sounds just fine over here for as good as it gets. Um, but yeah, I know. The audio codec doesn't seem to be as good as Skype's all the time. I'm not quite sure what's up. But. Oh, and, and for the people who are going to whine that this episode wasn't technical enough, we did have a technical topic, but Skype screwed us. Yeah, so yeah. next week we have something very interesting for you, and it will prove once and for all why Swift is a bad programming language. Mm, and I thought – you know, I might have – if I remember next week, I might, I might have the secret that will Ooh. enable bots to take over the world. Yeah, what? Did you – did you lose your USB key that I sent you? USB key? What are you talking about? The, the one that turns every uh, every cell phone into a bot. Laser. You're talking about this one right here? Oh, is that no. what's in here? I haven't opened this yet. Should I open this up? Don't, don't open it. Don't open it. Don't open oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's – you know, I wondered why you sent right. it in a red box with a, gro- a glowing light on it. I thought just that was – little... Just don't run Dalek.sh as root. Oh, jeez. I think uh, I just uh, – I think I, Oh, my gosh. We better get out of here, Mr. Dominic. Well, I'll tell you what. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? If your machine blows up and turns into a uh, to a robot that wants to take over the world, don't blame your Coda Radio program. <laughs> but do uh, do take a selfie with it over at CodaRadio.reddit.com. Nice. You can post it there. Also, any topics you'd like us to talk about, don't forget about that coding challenge. We'd love to see what you guys have got. Mr. Dominic, where would you send people throughout the week to follow you online? Uh, go to uh – at Dumanuko on Twitter. And and what about that what about that company you have? Go to Buccaneer.io. Oh, oh, that's where I go. Let me write that down. Buccaneer.io. You can also follow me on Twitter. Did you know that? I'm at Chris LES, and you can follow the network at Jupiter Signal. And you can join us live next week. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get it converted to your local time. And then just show up at jblive.tv. It's noon Pacific. See you back here next week. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.